If you allow yourself to dream, vividly imagine it in your mind, speak it out in faith, then according to God's word whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you shall receive. God didn't leave man in that fallen state. No, he already had a plan of redemption set up and ready to go. Welcome to All Things Are Possible podcast with your host, S.T. Smith, where you'll get the uncompromised Word of God and bite-sized nuggets. So grab your Bible and get ready for some good news. Now here's your host, S.T. Smith. Hello and welcome to the podcast, episode two of All Things Are Possible. I'm your host, S.T. Smith. Thank you for joining the podcast. And as a short brief reminder, in 1972, I had a near-death experience that led to a supernatural encounter that changed my life and opened the door to miracles. All right. In the last episode, we discussed how God created mankind to be gods of this earth, right? But then Adam and Eve turned all that power and all that authority over to Lucifer. And that's how Lucifer became Satan and the new God of this world. We see the Apostle Paul referring to him this way in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. So, let's pick it up from there. I have the Word of God open on the computer screens in front of me, so let's get going. In this episode, I'll be discussing God's plan of redemption. In Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Some translations say, firmly fixed, eternal. Psalm 89 and verse 34 says that when God speaks, he creates a covenant that cannot be broken. It says, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Now, for believing Christians, God's word is final authority. It can be relied on, trusted, and proven. Isaiah says in chapter 55 that the word that goes forth from God's mouth accomplishes his desires and achieves the purpose for which he sent it. In other words, if God said it, that settles it. It doesn't matter if you or I believe it or not. His word stands above everything in the universe. And according to Hebrews 1 and verse 3, it says it upholds all things, which includes the universe, by the word of his power. Psalm 138 verse 2 says that God has exalted his word even above his name. Wow. When mankind disobeyed God, we discussed this last time, and obeyed Satan, they died spiritually, meaning they were separated from God's presence due to sin. Their physical bodies took 900 years to die, but the moment they bit into that fruit, they separated themselves from God. It was their choice. But God didn't leave mankind to suffer forever in his fallen state. Hallelujah. Instead, his plan of redemption kicked in to win them back, all right? Now, if you look in Genesis 3, verse 22 through 24, God drove man out of the garden and put cherubim angels at the east side of the garden with flaming swords that turn in every direction to keep mankind out. Why? Well, God didn't want man to start eating of the tree of life and live forever in this fallen state. He loved us so much. Because the power and authority over the earth was legally transferred to Satan, God couldn't just step in and reboot everything. He would have been unjust and would have violated his own covenant. 
He didn't set it up that way. Look, just as God spoke the first Adam into existence through words, he had to use words again to speak the second Adam into this earth as well. He couldn't speak directly into this world and bring Jesus to earth. That would have violated the spiritual laws that he established in the beginning. Because remember, he gave them to only physical human men and women that had the authority to speak things into existence. God set a law in motion when he spoke words into this world. In the six days of creation, God ordered everything to produce after their kind, right? Remember in Genesis 1, verse 11, 12, 21, 24, etc. It's the law of sowing and reaping. In Galatians 6 and 7 says, Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth exists, sowing and harvesting, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. These words introduce the law of sowing and reaping and the fact that we reap in the same kind as we sow. This is an absolute law. God's plan of redemption was amazing. The word redeem means to recover ownership of by paying a specific sum. It's a buyback, a payoff, to turn in like coupons, for example, and receive something in exchange. The reason Jesus had to become a man was because of this authority issue. God gave authority and power, remember, to physical human beings. God's a spirit, right? Look at John 4, 24, I believe. Without a physical body, therefore, he, he didn't have the control over earth anymore. He couldn't just right the wrong man had made. A man had to do it. So he became a man who had authority and solved the problem. Bless the Lord. Jesus paid the ultimate price, death on the cross, to buy mankind back. Spiritual fellowship, he brought back life and dominion. Jesus was perfect before he suffered for us, but the path for him to fulfill the Father's will was through the suffering of the cross. Once that was done, Jesus said, it is finished, and his work on earth was complete. Hebrews 2, verse 14 through 15 says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Wow. It was necessary for God to become a man, see, so he could destroy the devil. Now, Look, yeah, Satan has been destroyed, right? He, he still exists, but his power and authority has been destroyed. Jesus took it all back. The only way he exerts any influence at all is because of the ignorance of people. Remember Hosea 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge? Wow. Satan's only weapon is deception. That's why knowing the truth makes us free. Look at John 8 and verse 32. Now note, this verse clearly states that the devil was the one who had the power of death. Now many times think that God controls the earth and controls death. When it's time to go, you go, people say. When, you're, when God, God's got your number, right? And when your number's up, it's up. These are all lies of Satan. Remember, mankind put the control of death into the hands of the devil when they disobeyed God in the garden. And they ate of the tree. Man initiated death. 
to disobedience. And the devil has taken advantage of all that we did. However, dun, 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 Jesus restored everything Satan stole. As a result, all the power and authority that God gave to mankind in the, in the beginning was returned to mankind free and clear. The curses that came as a result of disobedience were taken in the body of Jesus. Remember Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. The Bible says that Jesus was the, a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Revelation 13, verse 8, God says, the way to redeem mankind back from the power of sin. Romans 5 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This justified us in God's eyes through the blood of Jesus. Justified, you've probably heard it. Just as if I'd never sinned is a way to look at it. Romans 5 goes on to compare Adam and Jesus. Just as sin came into the world through Adam and death through sin, bringing death to all mankind because all sinned. Mankind was separated from God because of Adam's sin, see? Adam was a type of a type of the one who was to come, that is Jesus. The price Jesus gave by dying on the cross was a free gift to all mankind. Praise the Lord. Adam's sin brought death and condemnation, but Jesus' death brought life and justification. Death and sin rode horseback because of Adam's trespass. But now through the one man, Jesus Christ, those who receive his abundant grace and the free gift of righteousness can reign in life. Hallelujah. Jesus died so mankind could get back up on the horse to ride as kings again. Now, if you'll remember from the last episode, Ecclesiastes 10, Solomon discussed how he saw an evil that was under the sun, that slaves were riding horseback while princes walked on the ground like slaves. That was backwards, right? Jesus came to set things right. In order to get back up on the horse, however, man must first receive the salvation and all the grace that Jesus provided. How? Well, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, We must confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Why? Verse 10 says, for with the heart man believes on righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's the good news of the gospel. Unlimited grace. Oh my gosh. The Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4, that the gospel he preached is the one they received and stand on. It's that gospel by which they were saved. This is the Greek word sozo, and I'll define that in a little bit. What was that gospel? He goes on to say how Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. The word of God is important. The moment Jesus enters our hearts, we become one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17. Our spirits become perfected, according to Hebrews 10 and verse 14. Our spirits can no longer sin, if you look at John, 1 John 3, 9. But what about our minds? Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2, that we need to renew our minds so that we can transform ourselves. 
The only way we can get back up on horse, like Solomon said, and reign as a prince and a king and a priest again, is to transform our minds through the word of God. That word transform is the Greek word metamorpho, which we get our word metamorphosis from. It's like when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Strong's Concordance says it means a changing in keeping with inner reality. Wow, what is our inner reality? We're just like Jesus. We are one spirit with him. Romans 6, uh, I'm sorry, 8, 17 says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. What's an heir? Well, Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament words says it denotes one who obtains a lot or portion to possess, especially of an inheritance. It is someone that inherits something from their parents. Well, what did we inherit? Total redemption. Back to the position mankind was in before they sinned. Total dominion was restored and the ability to reign in life once again as kings and priests was restored. The ability to get back up on that horse. You say, but wait, I don't see mankind reigning in life. Romans 5, 17 says that those who receive the abundance of grace can reign in life. Most Christians have accepted salvation in order to secure their ticket to heaven, but they've neglected to receive all the grace that God has provided. They're still walking as slaves on the ground, just like Solomon said, subject to all the curses of the sickness, disease, and poverty and influence of Satan and gave them back all the power and authority. It's as if they don't even know that Jesus redeemed them and gave them back all the power and authority that mankind had in the beginning. It's like the story of the bird sitting in the cage with the door open. He squeaks and squawks and flaps his wings in rage, frustrated about being in the cage, but the whole time doesn't know the door is wide open and can leave any time, any time he wants. We've been released to reign again. Jesus paid that price. Did you know that the word salvation the, is the ultra-rich Greek word soteria? Now, Strong's Concordance, number 4991, sozo, Strong's Concordance 4982 is the root word. It literally means to save, deliver, or protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well, to be made whole. Thayer's Greek lexicon adds that it means to save, to keep safe, to sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to, to rescue from injury or peril, to save a suffering one, that is, one suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore, to health, to deliver from the penalties of the messianic judgment. Wow. It covers any area of our life that needs saving so we can enjoy wholeness and well-being in our body, soul, and spirit. Praise the Lord. How many Christians do you know that understand that this is true salvation? Jesus died so that we can be saved, sozo. We can once again have dominion over the earth. Everything on the earth is once again our servant. Remember in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21 to 23, in the Living Bible says that God has given us everything we need. The whole world is ours to use and that life and death are our servants. It goes on to say that the present and the future are ours because we belong to Christ. This salvation is not in the old covenant law, but it's in the gospel of Christ. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that unleashes the power of God to save us 
and make us whole. It is this gospel that brings protection, healing, deliverance, soundness to every area of our life. Hallelujah. Look, if these short golden nuggets from the Bible are speaking to you at all, would you consider subscribing to the channel? Make a comment below, perhaps, give it a thumbs up, and that'll tell the system that you appreciate messages like this. God bless you, and see you next time. Thanks for watching. If you enjoy these bit-sized Bible nuggets, please consider helping this ministry by subscribing and sharing with family and friends. Remember, dream big, imagine vividly, and speak your desired end results. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next episode.